It's the podcast that only eats liquid food now. So we're going to need you to get inside this blender. It's Power Word Roll. The bridge. She she doesn't complain. She's obviously been trained in horse riding, and she is sort of. <laughs> She's a horse girl. Oh, no! Oh no! Put her on, give a horse a slap on the ass, and it goes. And she goes, oh, I can control it. He's sick. Ah, just do it. And she, she starts Back riding. At Daddy's manner. <laughs> she starts riding at full pelt to sort of get across the bridge, um, and then Alexi. How is Devon doing? He is limping. I think that we're going across and I'm not really having any difficulty keeping up, but then I look over my shoulder and Devon is limping. Mm. And he's limping slower than he was before, but I think Oh yeah, actually... you can see the wound is bleeding, like his, his leg is soaked in blood. I am going to grab Devon. I'm trying to carry him across, but he's quite heavy. Mm. And I see the blood on his leg and I'd like to roll our car. Yeah, sure. Natural 20. So how, how does... I look at his leg and I think it'd be so much easier if he wasn't bleeding. And the prestidigitation just like whips the blood up. Okay. And so his leg just like completely cleans up immediately. The wound is no longer like seeping and damaged. It's it's still an open wound and it will need to be healed, but he's not like bleeding everywhere anymore. Mm. And suddenly it feels like the wind is just moving the right direction for us and we're just being pushed and we- When the wind's blowing really, really hard, if you jump slightly, it feels like you're gonna get pushed in direction. So because he's limping, when he's off completely off the ground for a second, the wind just pushes him forward yeah. to make up for like the lost time. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Uh, you're not even aware of this, but you can sort of feel it as well behind you. Uh, it, it, it always turns up when you need it, you know? Yeah. And you can see that uh, Rand is firing towards the oncoming spell slingers, taking them out one by one as he's firing firebolt after firebolt. Then he uh, pushes onwards. You can see, just blotting out the sun for a moment, there's a Whoa. big shape. There's a big shape. <laughs> big shape. Sorry, this is what. Yeah, thank you. It's the tripod sound from World of Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew where you were at. <laughs> and it makes its way bigger and bigger and bigger until eventually there's no longer that sunlight. Instead, you see this massive airship, which seems to be making its way over the top of the bridge. And you start to see fire raining down in a line across the river. This gigantic airship with a giant ring of fire around it, keeping it aloft rains down fire in sort of impressive size as you hear loud booming explosions enough to make your ears ring. Alright everyone, duck for cover, keep running! Bridge-wise, I'm imagining like, you know Shrek when he's trying to go to the castle, like that bridge? Mm. I'm imagining that bridge. Suspension bridge, an industrial uh, kind of bridge. Yeah. I was seeing That's um, fine then. Okay, like yeah. the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, in, in um, movies, how it always yeah. collapses <laughs> midway. Yeah. I was imagining like a rickety... <laughs> <laughs> imagining a rope bridge with no handrails, yeah. hand anything. Yeah. It's just everything... Yep. Everything is, has got to have a parallel to the Shrek movies. Yes, in, in I, your mind. I imagine D&D in Shrek. <laughs> That's the only way I can really comprehend the characters and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Just plotting it within Shrek. Yeah. Any combat, it's the bit where Shrek beats up the guards. <laughs> that bit in the wrestling ring is so good. Yes. Especially for its time. Good animation. Shrek's a good yeah, movie. It's good. Yeah, guys. I, it is good. Shrek 2 is a good movie. Shrek 3. 
Let's make a deck safe. <laughs> and so as the explosions start to hit the bridge, can everyone make a dexterity saving throw for me? Ooh, uh, that's a zero. <laughs> that's a natural 20 from Rand. Oh, and that's a one from Devon. It's a one from me, but with a minus one. That's why I said I've got a zero. <laughs> oh, wow. I got a six. You got a six? Fifteen. You managed to sort of run out of the way in time, so does Rand, and you can see that Joanne is, you know, on her horse way up ahead. She sort of turns around slightly to check if everybody's okay before continuing onwards. As the bridge collapses from the centre, you see Alexi and Devon just both tumble. Holding onto the bridge is Alexi clutching with one hand, with the other hand dangling down and holding onto Devon. How deep is this crevice that the river's in? Big and fast flowing. It's it's Thames it's not size and fast. Thames size and fast, yeah. Thames, okay, that's that's not too bad then, because you can probably slide and fall into it maybe. But also you see that the rubble from the bridge is still falling at the same okay. time, like it's still collapsing as you guys are holding on. And then uh Vice. If I'm dying, let me narrate it myself. No, you're not dying. <laughs> You've fallen off the bridge, and instead of somebody holding onto you, you're holding onto this cable, as you can see it's slowly snapping, it's pulling from the supports as the bridge slowly collapses, and can you make an athletics check to manage to pull yourself up? 19. Nice. The DC was 17 on that, I will say. I get there, that was like, <laughs> last chance saloon, kind of. <laughs> wow. Yeah. To be fair, that's what I get for a zero. Yeah, I was like, I'll give him a chance. They managed to pull themselves up, and they sort of use this cable and get back up onto the edge of the bridge. But we cut back to Alexi holding onto Devon. You hear the creaking of the structure as the concrete sort of gives way. And Devon says, go on, man, make it. We've lost one person today, and that's more than enough. No, no, just survive, yeah? You got your dad in that. I never had mine. My dad wouldn't let go, and neither will I. And I would like to try and use uh, an athletics to, like, pull him up. Okay. Okay, that's a 10. He's just, like, struggling. He's slipping down. You've got it gone by fingers now. Seeing that not everyone escaped as successfully, Thorn whips around and hits his totem onto the ground of this bridge. And along it, you see this ripple across the surface. Mm -hmm. And out right next to Alexi, shoot vines that carry on down the side to give both of them something to grab onto as I cast Entangle. Nice. And so as, as the bridge is crumbling, you manage to pull yourselves up with these vines. And I'm going to say he's going to have to make athletic checks because he is wounded, but he succeeds. And he manages to pull himself up with these vines as well. And he's sort of limping onwards by your side. And I, I just look at him and I say, come on, yeah. still got stuff to do. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, Vice. Lovely. So Vice lands with like a thud hero pose onto the bridge head up like looks around for like a second and then dashes towards Devin kind of almost pushes Alexi out the way yeah uh, like just for in in the uh Karnath direction so kind of yeah. in, in a, a little bit of a negative direction but still just getting getting him forward and continuing yeah. and then um puts like two fingers of his of his right hand into the air and with his left hand touches like slaps uh Devin on the back and you see this shockwave of energy goes through him and his leg just <laughs> resets <laughs> and, and in an incredibly painful but useful way <laughs> ah, oh, oh, thank you yes sir and he sort of starts running at full speed and then yeah Vice like wordlessly follows Woo! yeah um, and uh, then it was Alexi's sorry is that all five hit points from my little house ball gone uh, yes he, he was he had it precisely five damage out of, out of eight so that's perfect 
You know what? I'm gonna use acrobatics. I'm gonna do a little bit of like, I'm running across a bridge and there's like a, a beam. As it's crumbling, there's. As it's crumbling and the, the flat panels are like cracking off and going at an angle. Mm. And so I'm jumping like often between them and I'm gonna try and run. Cool. Do an acrobatics check. My acrobatics is zero, so. And I got a four. Oh. And so you're sort of. I'd like to eat dirt if that's okay. You're running and running and you manage to make your way up as the bridge is crumbling and turning and, and you just face plant as you reach the top. You take two points of damage as you slam into the tarmac. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I beamed myself. Thorn, you need one more success to complete the skill challenge. Yeah, don't f*** that, Thorn. <laughs> to be fair, you need four more failures. Seeing bits of the bridge crumble away, can Thorn use a perception check to try and pick out the safest... Yeah, go ahead. Cross. 15. And so how do you guide everyone uh, the right way? So having seen Alexi fall... Thorn is just basically going to pretty much speed past them, just going, follow this route, looks the safest. Nice. As you're all following Thorn, you reach the other side of the bridge and just the whole bridge collapses and you're sort of on the other side in Karnath. Oh, we're stuck here now. Yeah. Mm. And you can see the tower up ahead and, you know, battling a few undead as you make your way there, taking out a, a few zombies and such, eventually you reach the tower. Wait, we're missing someone. Yes. It's as you're pulling up to the tower, you realise Ceresa isn't with you anymore. You don't know when you lost her, but she was always quiet. She's gone, for better or for worse. Sir, Ceresa isn't with us anymore. How many have we lost? Just the two of them. Right, we need to get in there, get up there. Is that Thule in front? Up ahead, there's some kind of spellcaster in a red hood that comes to a point. That's the one that Vice is referencing. Who seems to be right near the door. There's several zombies uh, that seem to be guarding various places around as well. Rand uh, sort of looks up. No, the guy we're looking for is a big metal glove. Claw kind of thing. He uses it as an arcane focus. I'm looking for a man with six fingers who killed my father. <laughs> <laughs> With that, uh, can everybody roll initiative? Smokes, get it. So Thorn is fine. I'm pumped for battle, bros. 14. Natural 20. Natural 20, okay. As you all approach the tower, you can hear Rand says, Joanne, Devon, you cover the two sides. Three of you try and make your way in with me. Understood? Yes, Yes, sir. sir. So if you're listening at home, the current setup is outside the tower, a uh, small courtyard created by sandbags on either side, with a red hooded wizard stands at the tower's entrance. Two archers, either zombie or human, I don't think we know yet, stand behind the sandbags, and then in front, one zombie with a pole arm and two zombies with sword and shield. Nice! Our heroes are running towards it head on. Uh, and so, with that, it up first is Alexi. Cool! Okay, so Alexi begins the running. Okay. Um, and he's aiming for the gap in the sandbags to head towards the door. And as he's running past, Zombie with the pole arm goes to strike out at him, but without him realizing, a sort of magical cover comes over his back. Is it like crackling electricity or? or... Yeah, I think it's. I think it's like a, it's kind of like a, a blue, sort of staticky bubble mm. almost. Mm. Um, and that's Mage Armor. Okay, and uh, with that, it is then uh, the enemy's turn. So the guy in the red hood turns to face you all. He comes and he just sort of like presses his entire palm on your face and casts Inflict Wounds. That is a 14. 
That just hits. He pushes through this static field around you. All the veins around your neck start to turn purple. Henry just put his <laughs> hand in my face and I was focused on Conrad. So I just sort of turned my head and there was this... A like, whole hand, ass hand. A whole just ass hand. Lit, like in my eye. I felt it graze my eyelashes and I was not prepared. I didn't like it. You take six points of damage as uh, you just feel like the veins inside your body pop and ooze and squirm. Alexi collapses. Okay. Did you only have seven HP? I had six HP because I took two. Uh, yeah. mm. You just fall on the floor. The two bowmen aim towards the sergeant. One misses and one hits. Just sort of strikes him in the shoulder and then he pulls out the arrow. And you can see all of the, the other undead just start to advance and shamble forward. One takes a swing at Thorn. Two points of damage. One takes a swing at Rand. Four points of damage. As you can see, he sort of tanks a hit as it slashes across his chest. Then it is Vice's turn. Seeing Rand get hit. They're gonna take like, a single powerful step forward and stand in range of two of the zombies but just up and next to Rand and proceed to bonk on the head the zombie that's a, that just attacked him. Okay. 15. 5 damage. You do a significant bonk on this zombie's head. It's it's staying alive but barely and you know, uh, uh, as it... Uh, 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 staying alive. Staying alive. Um, and you, you sort of see it stumble and stagger for a second. Then uh, the allies turn and uh, Joanne is going to cast Healing Word on you. Hooray! Ooh, eight points of healing. Back up to full. Ooh. Yeah. Good. You can see she just sort of holds her hand out. She's channels. a horse girl with a purpose. Yeah, yeah, she channels it through the horse, you know? <laughs> it's the inspiration of being on the horse. Yeah. She's such a good healer. <laughs> she, she, the, the, the horse like uh, goes on its back feet and whinnies in the air as she casts it, her hair flowing in the breeze. And you are, you just feel uh, revitalized and you're back up and fighting. Thorn's turn. Thorn has just seen Alexi go down and then promptly be brought back up. I hope in... the parental instinct is really kicking in here. Yeah. Because in... I'm dumb and I'm going to God knows need it. he needs it. <laughs> Despite being face to face with a zombie, Thorn is just going to channel his instincts and shift. Okay. As a Ooh. bonus action. How does that look? Being so focused on the spot he wants to be at, almost as if he leans forward and his ears extend backwards into points. Mm. His teeth become more kind of fang-like. Yeah. And his eyes kind of become more sloped, more like a cat. As he leans forward to run, he actually just goes onto all fours. Having reached Alexia's side, will just spring up off the ground and unleash a primal savagery. He swipes out with his right hand that's almost more like a paw now, mm. straight across the chest of this... Okay, roll to hit. That's an 11. Straight That's across. their armor class. Oh, Straight nice. across the chest is discount KKK member. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're, they're, they're wizards. Wizards don't have high armor. That is one point of acid damage. Okay. Bro. Bro. <laughs> like, like the, that wizard be tripping. You can see it just sizzles into his skin. <laughs> Meow. And... Uh, <laughs> Never do that again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ah, I was saving it. Uh, now it you is. You get one, and now yeah, yeah, it's, it's done. Uh, now. Next time we kill you. <laughs> it's Alexi's Next time there will be consequences. <laughs> so uh, Alexi's gone down. Um, he comes to on the floor. He sort of scrambles back and stands up. But as he stands up, his eyes are not the corn blue that they were before. They're kind of a white mask. And he thrusts his hands out towards the necromancer, and he casts. 
chromatic orb. Okay. He's entered the avatar state. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming into his sorcerer's own. Yeah. Maybe not. 15. That hits. Yes. And they take 3d8 lightning damage. Ooh. 16. 16. How'd you kill him? <laughs> nice. He had 16 hit points. Wow. Oh, that's some good that's some good stuff. Damn. Do it. Make it epic. He thrusts his hands out and it doesn't come out from his hands. It like erupts from his chest. And it's just this crackling blue ball with uh, lightning just like coming off it. And the lightning sort of grounds itself as it moves and it sort of moves almost in slow motion. It begins to ramp up speed as it gets to the necromancer, slams into his chest, and you see the lightning streaks crawl up over his shoulder and up his neck and then force their way into his eyes as his body fills with magic from the inside out and just rips his chest apart and he slumps sideways and then falls. Okay, and he just falls down and uh, is just completely eviscerated, dead. I begin hyperventilating. (laughs) (laughs) You can see that Rand uh, sort of turns, blinks for a moment, makes eye contact with Alexi and... Who looks terrified. Fires shouts out, Strong magic, Alexi! Keep that up! (laughs) And Alexi's like... "Ah!" (laughs) I'm just a normal boy! Doesn't look like that to me. And with that, it's the enemy's turn. One of the archers aims towards Vice. That is a six. The arrow comes flying from a little bit further away. Vice just brings up his hammer and like smacks it out the air. And then they're left open for a second and quickly moves their shield in the way to block the incoming sword strike. Wonderful, and it clangs against it as you are unharmed. As this combat is happening, as this maneuver is happening, Vice is going to say, there's a 65% chance that boy's a powerful sorcerer. And then at the end of Sorcerer, back to back up with uh, with Alexi. And then, oh, hello. <laughs> Alexi is dwarfed by the, the like breadth of this human being. Yeah, just the Not sheer width. Of this robot. Being. <laughs> this being. This yeah. constructed being. Yeah. yeah. So then you can see that Rand comes and he takes out his axe. He runs up to the swordsman that was fighting Vice. With his axe, slices this thing's head off. Vice, you and them two get inside the tower. Go and uh, uh, stop things. As you see, he turns around and um, you can see that there is sort of a horde of oncoming Karnathi troops. Yes, sir. Thorn is closest to the door where he is. So as soon as he hears this yell of carry on inside, he charges straight in, Mm. still on all fours. Um, Alexi is shocked, but his legs are still moving, essentially, <laughs> so his brain's not really caught up with what's happening, but his legs are going, and he sort of stumbles through the step into the door. And then uh, Vice, following up the charge, uh, takes a couple steps forward, it's an archer just to the right, and they put their warhammer by their side, and as they're going past, just get socks him straight in their like, mouth, <laughs> with his like, huge ironclad fist. And he falls to the ground, like, relatively unharmed, but just dazed. Enough time for Vice to back into the doorway, holding the shield up, and then slam it after them. And you, you, you see, first off, as you're, as the door's closing, that this, this zombie's jaw has just come straight off. 
It's pulling itself up, but it's got no jaw now. It was so surprised by how good your attack was, it left its jaw on the floor. <laughs> Didn't even have to roll for it. <laughs> As the door quickly closes, just for a second, you see in the oncoming horde just one layer from the front where there are sort of a line of undead troops. There are more of these uh, people with these pointed red hoods waving their wands and casting spells. But you can see that one of the mages sort of spins his wand in the air, just forms this big blast of fire. Rand tries to sort of dispel it for a second, fails, and it flies towards him, and you just see him sort of blast it as all the heat strikes the door as you close it. I think all three of uh, our heroes, let's call them, I think all three of our heroes stop for a second and just take, like, a breath, and then we have to head straight to the top. That's where we'll find Thul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, sir. And Alexi looks at Vice as uh, his new superior. Vice doesn't look at Lexi and just continues walking. You see around you, inside the tower, there are swathes of slain magerites, cut down, sort of minor magic users. And you see on the walls every now and again, there's a sigil of House Lyranda with this shield with tentacles coming out of it. Do we know what House uh, Lyranda is about? Do you want to do a history or arcana check for me? History check. That's okay. Yep. An 11. You know that they've got something to do with ships and airships and the weather. That's about the limits of your knowledge. And so you see all the various uh, bits and bobs around the place. There's magical devices whirring in different corners of each room. Strange charts and mappings out on walls with lines drawn between them and uh, notes out on desks. As we head into another room of the tower that's, again, I, I imagine strewn with dead people and, and maps and stuff, yeah, fantastic. Vice is just going to go up to one of the walls and one of the maps of something and just look at a location or just pick up some notes and turn around to their comrades and say, we have to be prepared for what we find at the top. We can and we will beat them, but we must be prepared. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Alexi, are you, you're all right. You look a bit stunned by whatever you just did out there. Um, yeah. And he, he sort of looks kind of a bit puzzled for a moment. He has that moment where this is the first time I've asked him about it, and he's been adrenaline up until now. And you can see hit like the cogs moving in his brain, essentially. My father always says this. There's no man who cannot be improved. I'm not sure if this is what he meant, but this is this is what we need. Vice like turns away from the wall and gives up like a a laugh. Just like a normal laugh. It looks strange coming from a warforge. Uh, but they turn around and ha 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 ha! Sorcerous blood is a fine improvement for anybody. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna need some lessons. You won't get them from me. If we make it out of here alive, we'll be sure to get you a fine teacher. Thanks. And thanks Thorn for helping me out out there. Well, it's what you do, you know, see you go down. I'm not just gonna leave you there. You're a good friend, Thorn. Thanks. A good friend and excellent soldier. Move out. <laughs> the tower seems eerily quiet. Does anybody, whilst you're sort of doing that, by the way, uh, does anybody want to make an investigation check to see what was going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Thorn, you do it. I was... You sure? Yeah, I was adrenalining. 18 investigation. So you sort of look at some of the devices and you look at everything and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to you until you start to see some sort of druidic symbols marking different patterns of weather uh, that are obviously okay. being used to shorthand. Uh, you also see uh, various notes talking about atmospheric conditions and levels of wild magic. You see that this is a map of uh, Kyrie. It, it ends at the Chiron border. Of Kyrie, not Karnath. Not Karnath. Oh. 
and it's got large pink splotches that are translucent around major cities, it would seem. Is there any indication about what these purple translucents mean? Not with that role. It's understandable. (laughs) (laughs) And as you head up, it seems really quiet. You can hear the conflict outside still going on. But eventually, the Magerites give way. And instead of the acrid, aged blood that these Magerites had, as if they'd been there a few days, you start to see fresh blood. And then you start to see Karnathi soldiers, dead. All of them, dead. Just a whole load of them. Their blood marring the walls, sort of marking the whole area. Okay, so these are the enemy soldiers, but they're all dead in here? Yeah. Mm. Are there any Kyrie soldiers in this part of the building? No. And you see that as you sort of walk into the room and get a better look at things, that through their chest are giant ice shards. Some bodies are charred completely. It seems like these men were killed in battle. Okay. I was thinking that this guy was just like experimenting on his own people and I was like... No, these guys are in full armour and they've just been killed by magical means. And you start to hear muffled voices from a door leading up. Is it time to stealth? Is the door closed? It's closed at present. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, how close is this door? Would stealth make any difference by this point? Yeah, it would. (laughs) Um, I'm just letting you know, Meta... No, no, I'm not saying anything. Go, let's do it. I mean, it's fairly obvious that the massive clangy robot construct is quite loud. (laughs) I think that we're just like, oh, I think it's not a choice that we make. I think we're just trying to be quiet in general. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys make a stealth check then for me? Wow. I'm on a disadvantage and a minus one. <laughs> That's a six. Could it be a lot worse? Okay. I got a 13 and I have a zero. Stealth. I got an eight and I have a plus four stealth. <laughs> DC was five. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> wow. I mean, if we're trying to be, if we're trying to be quiet. I, think... I thought it was low, but like... Did we make it then? Yeah. Because yeah. you got six. That was the lowest. That's incredible. That's <laughs> because also you realise that this is the door to the balcony section you saw before, and the winds are whipping outside. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Seems unfair and natural that the wind yeah. is suddenly just picked up like this. I, yeah. I don't know. I think also, it's just because it's exciting also you're, you're, atmospheric. You are high up. How high so, is this? Um, like, it was overlooking the town. So <gasps> we're talking Eiffel Tall. I, Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tall. Eiffel, Eiffel Tall. One Eiffel Tall. One Eiffel Tall. There we go. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that checks out. It's one Eiffel Tall. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. Yeah. How tall is the Eiffel Tower? I want to Google it. <laughs> right. It was the tallest building in the world for a while. Yeah, when it was built, but that but doesn't tell me how tall it is. Also, you know, in Eberron, uh, some of the buildings in Metro are massive and magically kept. Three hundred meters. Three hundred twenty-four meters, tip to tip. Damn. You've been going up a lot of floors. Mm. Yeah, valid. Can I put my ear to the door and have a listen? Can I hear yeah, anything clearer? Check. I'm doing well. That's a seven. You can't really make it out from this side, especially with the winds. So you might have to like open the door and sneak in. Mm. But you've already done the stealth, so I'm just going to carry those on. What are you What are you hearing for? Just wondering if I could pick up any more of the conversation, but I'm not getting much. Conversation? It sounds like there's people out there. The voice of a man mm. and the voice of a woman, they seem to be arguing, but it's very muffled. Right, okay. And it also seems further up. And you remember from what you saw on the outside, especially from the base of the tower, uh, the balcony area had two levels to it. Move out. And then Vice does like a army kind of double point forward in the air, indicating to move forward, but stealth. Do you open the door? Yes. 
The top of the tower is, is like a lighthouse with pillars holding the roof aloft. You're on one ring and then there's a raised platform area above you. So as you exit onto the lower balcony of the two balconies, got it. you see that there's a central area with grating on it where there are two people having a conversation. One with a large metallic claw, Vorik, you assume, is shouting at this woman. You told me we were after an artifact that would help me become one of the most powerful in the church. You lied to me. A tall, slender human woman in a dark pinstripe suit doesn't turn to face the confrontation as she continues her previous actions of setting up some kind of machine in the centre of the room on a raised platform. You can see she has short auburn hair and at her side there's a cane with a gold top resting up against the machine. The device is large with three coils crackling with electricity sitting atop a whirring centre which is covered in buttons and panels and flashing lights. The woman seems focused on a crystal ball built into one of the panels. Oh. My dear Vorik, for somebody so smart when it comes to matters of the arcane, it's interesting how your intelligence falls apart when it comes to intrigue. Besides, if the blood of Vol discovered you were in league with foreign powers, do you really think the cards would fall in your favour? Florentia, you hicks! How dare you defy me! Defy the church! Defy King Kyles! The necromancer holds up his claw and begins to cast a spell. Dark energy forming in his hand. In a moment, almost like a pirouette, the woman at the machine spins around and counters the spell. She follows up by clutching her hand in a fist, and the sound of her leather gloves squeaks with the tension of her grip. Vorik, the necromancer, is frozen and lifted towards her. Oh, you poor little man. You have no idea how unmatched you are. You are but a pawn, and I am your true queen. You are to be sacrificed, so I may take a larger piece. You and the Orm have no- Hush now. As she says that, her cane flies to her. She grasps it in two hands and swings it like a baseball bat across his face. Blood and teeth fly everywhere. And then Vorik spits blood onto her shirt. Just Oh my, what a horrible inconvenience. She casts prestidigitation on herself, cleaning her clothes before taking a dirty rag draped over a part of the machine and shoving it in Vorik's mouth. You should count yourself lucky. You're one of the few people with front row tickets to one of the most significant points in history. The real reason I'm here is to gain as much information about what's about to happen as possible. I'll give you a better view. She raises her hand as she turns back to the machine. Vorik's form is lifted into the air and turns to face the Chiron border. After a second, she pulls out a pocket watch with mage hand, looks at it, gives a sly grin, and then pulls a lever as the watch slinks back into her pocket. Should be any second now. And before you can even think to do any actions, before you can make your way up to the stairs to the next floor, you hear a massive, deep boom from behind you, followed by an unsettling rumble that registers more with your internal organs than your ears. The kind of thunderous, primal noise that sets off every animal instinct you have. As you turn to face it, you see a blinding red light. You try to squint to see what's happening, but even with your eyes closed, the brightness is unbearable. After a few seconds, it fades with the rumbling noise, and you hear harsh winds instead harsher than before. The sounds of the battle below the tower are completely gone. Opening your eyes, you see a gigantic dark fog sweeping across what was formerly Kyrie. Before the fog descends, at astounding speed, you get a glimpse of the landscape, where there was once verdant hills and lush forest, happy townsfolk even faced by war. There is now a charred wasteland, leveled by heinous magic, into a barren plain. 
the fog rapidly approaches at unnatural speeds. You flinch as you think it's about to pass over you, but instead it stops as if there was a magical barrier just before the river. Don't say I wasn't good to you, Vorik, you mangy, thin-blooded fool. You've much outstayed your usefulness. She claps her hands, and Vorik's veins turn a shade between purple and black before he bursts into grey dust. His claw clangs and hits the floor. Oh, hello there. My, my, weren't you three lucky? If it weren't for my actions, you'd be on the other side of that. We're just here for the claw. <laughs> we need to return it to our commanding officer so they know Vorik Thule is dead. Oh, what a soldier. What an absolute soldier doing a job. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. Well, it's yours. Thank you, ma'am. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Vice just kind of like, I imagine we've gone up the stairway and we've just, all of us have poked our heads round. Vice um, straightens themselves up and then walks over to the claw, picks it up and like puts it in a bag. Wow. And then just turns around to look at the fog. Like, like we kind of, you can, you can see the, the computation of like, great, looking for the claw, got the claw. Uh, Thule is dead. Now to return it to... Then they turn around and just the fog and the wasteland and it's just a blank, absolute blank look on uh, Vice's face. I suppose you're nomads now. How exciting. I've never much for loyalties between nations anyway. That, that was so much. Well, that wasn't me, darling. Oh. No, no. Far above my pay grade, you see. I was just here to keep track of things. Now, of course, I can. Well, far better to observe. And at that point, you can see she's sort of pressing buttons on the panels. Why would they do that? Who knows? I just knew it was going to happen. Could you have stopped it? Not my duty. And at that point, she sort of presses two more buttons and the crystal ball sort of comes out slightly from the machine and she puts a hand on it. I think it's going to be up to Thorn to get us out of here. I think that I'm in shock and that Vice, Vice <laughs> sorry, is sorry. not computate. I think you're the only person with enough survival instinct to be like, this bad must leave. Yeah, Thorn is processing the shock by not talking at all and just looking out over this wasteland that he used to know. Yeah. Still looking into the was formerly Kyrie. How far back does it go? The whole way, whole country, gone in an instant. It's a new world, new age, new technology. Does that include Metro? I assume so. I mean, where else would you want to bomb? There's a crash in a metallic turn as uh, Vice takes half a step backwards and just falls over on their like arse, basically, just in shock. And you can see she sort of, uh, the crystal ball floats up and rests under her arm and she picks up her cane uh, once again and uh, walks over to a wall and taps it. Spreading out like ink in water, it starts to form the shape of a door, like a, a wooden door. Mm. She puts her cane in with the golden top where the handle should be, pushes it into the wall and then turns it. As the door opens, Vice like turns his head around and like screams at her. What is your name? Well, you heard it earlier, I assume. You should have remembered. And quite frankly, I have more important matters to attend to. Toodles! So hearing that, Vice scrambles to their feet and starts running. And the door just slams shut. Vice, like, gets to the wall and just, like, pounds on it and pounds, like, into the wall and pounds, like, bricks away out of the wall just leaving nothing in the open and then slumps to the ground again. I think in this sort of moment after it, 
Alexi is immediately thinking of his dad. And so he does what I think any of us would do, which is like, call home. So he just, he's pulling out paper and just like folding, aggressively folding like rough paper birds. He's sending post because post is what he knows and he is, doesn't know anything right now. It's just all these birds that say, please answer. And he just starts throwing birds off the balcony. And they're flying out, hitting the winds and flying away. Thorn is standing on the balcony and the complete shock of what's happened is just turned into a kind of silent rage just building inside of him of how someone could do something this awful but at the moment this starts to take over him he has that moment of clarity with vice just trying to hammer down the wall effectively shouts up to them and goes leave it she's gone whoever did this We're not going to find them here. We need to get moving. The next thing Thorn will do is try and set off back to where he was, but obviously that doesn't exist. Yeah, so... Do you have another of those birds? I've got... um, I've got some people I don't check up on as well. I'm sorry, I, d- I didn't even think about anybody else. Um, And he, he pulls out uh, like a, a small sheaf and hands it over to you and he goes, uh, do, you, do you want to write? No, I'll fold it. If I fold it, they always get there. Great. So Thorn is just going to slump down onto the balcony and start writing a letter to Cain, his fiance, and Aaron, Cain's younger brother. Be reply if you can. I will head back to the village or where it was. If you can meet me there, do. Otherwise, leave some sign, anything. Make a perception check. Ten. You see down across the Chiron border, roaming fireballs, moving as if with sentience. It seems like a very dangerous place. Yeah. But we're heroes. And it's at this point you see the the door that you guys entered through just slams open and in comes like Devon struggling to, to sort of hold a legless as in, you know, with double amputee. Double amputee. He's legless. Yeah, yeah, I realise that's not what I meant. What? It means, like, angry. No, legless legless means, means, like, absolute trash. Oh, right. Like, you can't walk. Um, No, but holding, like, with two missing legs, uh, Rand in his arms. What the blazes happened up here? What's going on? Ah! Ah, And you can see, uh, following in afterwards, Joanne is there and starts tending to his wounds. Vice stands... Like, gets up from the floor, stands for attention, uh, saluting, then stands at ease um, and says, I believe the mission has been partially completed, sir. Vork Thor is dead, and we have his glove. I don't think it, I don't think it bloody matters anymore. Some kind of magical weapon. There was, there was someone here watching it, and she protected the, the tower. She, she laughed through a door. Um, a, a portal. Sorry, sorry, you hit portal and you point to a wall that just has, like, about... Like, like probably a basketball-sized hole in here. <laughs> and you can see Devon is now looking over from the balcony sort of banister. It isn't just the tower, it's the border. And he points down the river. According to what the lady said, the nation of Kyrie has been destroyed. Her name is Fl- Florentia? I don't care. Tell you one thing, all. For us, the war is over. And that's the end of... The pilot for Eberron. Thank you very much for listening, and hopefully we'll see you in the main series.
Goodbye. 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 Beep boop. <laughs> end on it. Don't end on a bummer. That was my... That was my... <laughs> Thank you for listening to Power Word Raw. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Otherwise, a positive review is the best way to help us out. The best place for those is on iTunes. All our social media at linktree slash powerwordroll. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash powerwordroll. But for now, from Annie, Naomi, Henry and myself, thank you, and we'll see you in the next one. Uh, at, at that point... Alright, no swearing, you have to remember that one. Funking, cunkting, shintbags. Cool. What an outtake. <laughs> <laughs>